Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Welcome back to Ease Podcast. This week, I'm so excited to bring you this guest. John Sharon sits down with me for a one-on-one. In part one of a two-part series, we discuss how John grew up in a football family. We also discuss how dancing came so natural to him. We also discuss how he could see the Disneyland fireworks outside of his window as a kid and it really inspired him to be in entertainment. We discuss Disneyland, Adidas, Broadway, and so much more. This writer, director, choreographer, performer, and mentor of mine sits down and explains everything that he went through to get to where he is now. Enjoy this week's episode, and I'll see you next week as we finish the the story. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. I've actually been really wanting to get you onto the podcast, but I know you've been so busy before the pandemic, so it was hard to kind of get a time to do that, but I'm so glad that we were able to sit down now. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. I am John Sharon, and um, for about 40 years of my life now, I've been in the dance and entertainment business. Um, Right before the pandemic, I was the artistic director for a dance company called Step One Dance Company. It's a company we formed um, exclusively exclusively for Holland America Line. And um, yeah, I was, I've been a director, choreographer for them for, it's almost been 25 years, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, But for the last five years, I've been um, mainly just directing and writing and Mm -hmm. a a lot of the creative that has been going on for Hal uh, over, you know, I don't know, the last five years, I guess. That's That's amazing. Yeah, it's been interesting. Well, um, we'll definitely touch on uh, step one um, in a a bit because it's a really great project. Um, But let's start off with how you actually got into entertainment as young John would. Oh my God. You know, I was thinking about that today. And my story is probably, I don't know, it's, it's unique, but probably similar to a lot of people out there. Uh, I grew up in a non-entertainment home completely. It was mm-hmm. a football home. Uh, my dad was a football coach. My mother was a cheerleading mom. Um, my younger brother started playing uh, football around eight years old. And that would have made me 10. So I have an older sister and also a younger sister who's the baby. And it everyone was involved in it um, except me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got dragged around from, you know, from <laughs> the stadium, from football to football to you know, practices and all that. And um, my sister was a cheerleader. And I looked at her and said, I can do this better than all of them. (laughs) (laughs) So I would learn every single cheer, which was kind of embarrassing for my family and my parents. And that was a whole nother issue. Um, You know, little gay John was coming out at 10 years old around the football field. So, uh, but I would just, you know, I would learn all the cheers. And by then I was, you know, in my room and I would be dancing or I didn't even know what it was, but Mm -hmm. then I I, I swear to God, I didn't even bear, 
barely knew what dancing was, but I knew I wanted to move my body like that. I know for, I knew from watching, you know, variety television at the time in the seventies, um, that, uh, I wanted to do that. And I just didn't know how to go about it. And my parents, you know, God love them. Um, they were so young when they were married and so young when they had, um, us kids and they really didn't know how to, to deal with not only, you know, somebody who wasn't normal, but uh, I mean, normal per se, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, what is normal, but to them, you know, normal was the boys played football, the girls were cheerleaders, mm-hmm. you know, the dads were coaches, the moms were, you know, um, teen moms. And there wasn't really, uh, there was no education for them on how to really deal with me. Um, and so uh, I can see myself being an embarrassment. I mean, when the girls were cheering on the sides during a game, I would be in the back doing it as well. And yeah, yeah. so it was just very interesting growing up in a family that it's not like today and how you see entertainment on all the shows and all, you know, all the competition shows are on television now and you get to see, you know, young people at very early ages, you know, dancing and singing and, and, and doing all those things. And it just was so foreign to mm-hmm. my part of the world. Um, so I did everything in secret. Everything gotcha. was in secret after that. It was like close my door and dance. I would use mm-hmm. my bunk bed, um, the the stands of my bunk bed as a pole, and I didn't even know what I was like grabbing it and laying out, and I didn't even know what that was, but I did it. And I put on you know tube socks and dolphin shorts and just ran in my, my room and put on music in the mirror by da- Donna McKechnie, the A track, <laughs> and uh, and just yeah, it was just so I gotta say, from like ten to fifteen. It was all self-taught. I mean, I just taught myself through cheer and 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 um, and what I saw on television. So shows. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when did your parents take you? Did you ever formally train um, when you were 15? Yes. Well, here's the deal. So when I turned 15, you can take as a 15 year old in high school, you can take dance class at junior colleges for a very small fee and i told my parents i was taking some extra classes at college at night and what i was doing i was sneaking into dance classes Mm -hmm. Uh, i was a little 15 year old in a class with you know 18 19 20 year olds um and god loved them that they kind of made me a little bit of a mascot really and Mm -hmm. She, uh, they recognized very early that I, I had this coordination already because because I had been cheering and doing song girl routines and pom pom mm-hmm. routines. You know, I I didn't know one bit of the lingo, but you just had to show me once and tell me what it was, and then I knew I knew what that was. Mm-hmm. So I progressed quite quickly. Within like three months, I was. Uh, auditioning for the parade at Disneyland. What? Wow. Yeah. Yes. And um, I mean, we a big, a, my, a big part of my story is Disney. And, you know, as a kid, we, uh, I was born in Van Nuys, but we moved to Anaheim 
when I was three, and we were very, very close to Disney. In fact, I had a bunk bed that had a very small window um, that every night at nine, it was at nine or nine thirty, I would sit there and watch the fireworks <gasps> go every single night, and just was drawn to the, the Disney company and knew, you know, uh, I was going to work there. I was going to work there, and you know. That was my goal at that point. It's like, I'm going to work at Disneyland. So, um, And this is only a few months after you formally started taking class at, at, at the community college. Absolutely. absolutely. It, I, it, it, strangest thing. It, it was just like, it just came very quickly. And then, you know, the parade, I mean, they're, the dancers range from bad drill team to excellent dancer. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, at that point, I was auditioning for the Very Merry Christmas Parade. Um, and, uh, you know, with, I got to say, I think thousands of people. I mean, back then, doing anything with Disney was 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 extremely sought after. I mean, I just remember waiting in line for hours and hours and hours to be able to get into the rehearsal hall and all they would make you, they'd make up this routine. They'd like taking us hundreds at a time. And it was like, you know, it was like, you're off to see the wizard. We do wizard, 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 step, 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 turn and jump. And then Barnett point right or left as you run and across town, you got one shot. And, you know, I, I had no idea what was going on. I was this young 15 year old, which, because Disney thought I was 16, my mother actually forced, forged my birth certificate. <laughs> Good for her. An audition there, yeah. Yeah, because the rules in my house were you can drive as soon as you can pay for the insurance. Well, it's a catch-22. You can't get a job till you're 16, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So I like, no, I'm going to do this. So um, I got put on the correct side and made it all the way to getting a toy soldier in the 19, I think it was 79, Very Merry Christmas Parade. I was a dancing toy soldier, which was not dancing at all. <laughs> it, it was kind of pushing and I had to push this semi-float-ish thing and, and keep in time. So that was my big entrance into show business. Um, was being a toy soldier. But uh, as soon as I did that, uh, I quickly moved up. Um, You know, they got to know me. And, you know, once you're in parades there and they get to know you, uh, you know, by the next time they had an audition, I was ready to go and moved up very quickly. I was a chimney sweep in the parade. I was a roller skater in the parade at one point. Um, uh, yeah, so it was really Disney that, that got me in there. Now, as soon as I could start driving, which was shortly after that. <laughs> Good for you. I was in every class that there was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I took class very, very intensely for, you know, the next four or five years. You know, it was like three classes a night, um, as many classes I could take. I took from Stephen Peck. That was a big studio in Fullerton at the time. Um, and that that gave me a lot of, 
you know, all my jazz, jazz training. I took in Huntington Beach, there's a ballet, uh, ballet school called Phil Sear um, Ballet Studio. And I took a lot there. I was still taking at Golden West College. I was taking class from whoever was teaching class at that point. Now, John, so, did you think, did you, were you, did you ever think to yourself, I'm at a huge disadvantage and what do I need to do to get, to get up to speed with everybody else? Or did, were you fine with, with the pace that you were going? I'm, I don't want to sound conceited, but it was, it just seemed like as soon as I started taking, like, I, I immediately went into advanced jazz. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it was just from, again, all those years of learning routines and it, it all transferred over to now it was primarily working on style and technique and, but the brain was already there for learning combinations and doing things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I also at a year, that same year got into a group called the young Americans, which is a singing, uh, international singing group, uh, mm -hmm. that here in Brea, Brea, California. And, um, and they, and they gave me a lot of training as well at the same time. So I was getting accelerated voice, accelerated, uh, dance, and it was all coming so easily for me. And I don't want that to sound, you know, at any way conceited or big headed or anything like that. It was just, I had found the thing I was born to do. Mm -hmm. And, and when that happens, you know, it's Eureka. It's like, that's, I ate, breathed, slept, you know, every, all of it. And I had this wonderful facility too. I was extremely flexible as a child and, 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 you know, while I was dancing, that's what I was known for. I mean, I could kick my face. I could give mm -hmm. myself a, <laughs> um, um, they had, Disney had me doing a lot of stuff, you know, using my extension like that. Like I played Bert in Mary Poppins at the Hollywood Bowl for 4th of July for three years in a row. And they, they made this routine around Bert that they used my extension. Like, you know, they, they just used what I had, you yeah, know, of course. And it, it was, it was just, uh, it was just so easy at that point. I was just, I was just, it was just coming and coming and coming. And, uh, um, until I was, you know, really at the top of my field, um, and, and, and not gone anywhere. That was the weird thing. Mm. It's like, it's like Disney, they kind of globbed onto me and the young Americans for that matter. They kind of globbed onto me. And it was like, once they saw what I can do, I mean, I just, I did everything there was to do at Disneyland. You know, I was a kid of the kingdom. I did Every television special that came out, the Easter special, the the Christmas specials, I mean, you look back in there and there I was on every single one of them uh, to the point where that was like all through the 80s. Um, and then I started and then they got this weird idea that I would choreograph them and be in them. They weren't oh. ready to go as a performer, but they were they want they wanted to see me move forward. The, uh, the corporation, they just kept pulling me out of um, just being a performer and the choreographers there were wanting to co-choreograph with me and work with me. And um, it was a pretty magical time. I got to say the magic of Disney, it was pretty much there for me. Of um, course. I always or, think to my, I always think to myself, um, 
Disney is one of those corporations that just understands and they are like the innovators of entertainment. They just know how to do it. And every, I always look when I go to Disney, I'm always in awe and inspired by all the different types of entertainment that they have there and their ability just to make things work and work really well. Right. And, and they have the budget to do everything well. I mean, you know, it's, it's like rarely you get to work with those kind of budgets again, where, you know, money is no object. That gown is going to cost $10,000. Well, I'm going to make, we're going to make you three of them. You mm-hmm. know and I mean? It's like, you know, I did a show called Showbiz Is to where I had three sets of costumes because of the heat. Of course, you're working outside. Three sets of costumes. I had 17 costume changes in that show. I had three sets of 17 different <laughs> that you know that were made I mean they 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 not only fitted me but they measured me and then made them you know what I mean it yeah. was like those kind of budgets back in you know the early 80s uh you know um yeah it was definitely the early 80s because I started with Disney in like 79 I was in Kids of the Kingdom by 82 mm. by 83 I was in Florida doing mm. uh it's the kingdom to 86, 86. I went to Tokyo Disneyland for almost a year mm-hmm. Came back in 87 and said, okay, I love Disney and all it, but it's, it's, it's time to do something other than Disney, you know? And, um, so when I came back from Tokyo, I uh, I got my teeth fixed, first of all. That was a big deal. I was like, I'm never going to make it in L.A. if I don't get my teeth done. So mm-hmm. every bit of money that I made in Tokyo went to capping every single one of my teeth and deciding I'm going to get a, an L.A. agent and I'm going to let, let's see if, if I can you know make it in the real world. John, are you as good as you think you are? <laughs> so, yeah. And what was your what was your experience with that 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 transition? Because you had such a, a nice solid base with Disney and that and that training. What did, were you facing in LA that was much different than Disney? Well, I mean, you look uh, Disney is it's you know you're a big fish in a small pond. You know, even though Disney is a is a pretty big pond, it's still not doing all the things that you know now I'm seeing on television, which is the music video. Uh, music videos were at their peak at that point um um it was it was huge to me in a music video it was huge there was dancing all over television and there were so many jobs that were super cool because uh and the industrial world opened up to me and you know industrials were the 80s and the early 90s they were just for instance will you just let everybody know what an industrial consists of for people that don't know Sure. Like big corporations say Adidas sportswear, which I was with Adidas sportswear for like seven years. Um, They will uh, have these huge conventions all over the world. And each one of the uh, each one of these big corporations will put on a huge show for their sales teams uh, and um, marketing people, uh, vendors who are coming and buying the apparel for their stores. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's big, huge conventions that, and I, as soon as I came back from Tokyo, I, that was my gig. And come to find out, you know, they, they paid 
so well. I mean, for a dancer, I, I came back in 87, in 88, I'm saying nine, yeah, it was 88. Um, I, I started auditioning around town. My first three auditions were for Adidas. Um, it was another, it was another two other gigs and I'm blanking on them, but no, one was a national commercial uh, and, and one other, and I booked all three gigs. Yes, yes. Three auditions. I was in shock, but uh, the big one was Adidas. Um, and it, it was the most amazing job. You know, it, it, it auditioned for like three days. They were down to the very end. They kind of coupled us up and they walked us in a circle and they, they said, you know, you guys are the new Adidas dance team. And um, I didn't really know what that meant until the next day that they brought us all to the factory. Uh, um, it was in West, I think it was in Westwood at the time, the, the showroom. And they brought us into this big room just filled with tennis shoes, jackets, workout gear. They said, please go in there and take everything that you want we want to wear adidas from now on morning noon and night so i went home that night with 17 pairs of tennis shoes <laughs> awesome 17 pairs of tennis shoes and just jackets and you know uh the, the, i got the olympic jacket the same one the olympic team wore i mean it was like all shorts and it, it was amazing i could not believe this plus a sixteen thousand dollar check which what? any of us know back in 88 a sixteen thousand dollar check to a dancer for two months of work it was it was to create the show and then go out on the first leg which i think it was atlanta anyway it was i I mean, I was like, uh, oh, oh, no, 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 Disney, I have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a brand new, brand new world I need to investigate. Um, so, yeah, no, I, and, and, you know, I was, I was, I did, you know, back then I was uh, dancing for like Adidas and Coldwell Banker and R Redken and, um, I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Dr. Pepper. I mean, there was just so <laughs> So many of these you know, industrials that were going around and taking you to amazing places like spending a week in Maui and or spending, you know, two weeks in Germany with four days off in the middle and taking a train around and seeing Europe and and doing all these amazing, getting to see all these amazing places and then making this money. And then it's it wasn't just, you know, a one time gig. It was like, okay, we got that. We went to Atlanta and then it was like, here's your schedule for the year. So it wow. was like Atlanta, LA, Germany, um, you know, uh, Asia. Uh, I mean, it, we were just, we were everywhere, special events. We were doing parties for, um, for celebrities. It was like this major gift. Yeah. And, of it is at the time the shoe industry was huge mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't the only one who had you know create uh, created shows for you know their um 
for their their um, company. It was it was all the shoe companies. You know, it was Reebok and Nike and Adidas mm-hmm. and Asics and I mean, and all of them were employing dancers. There must have been at least two hundred dancers a year employed by the shoe companies, which was huge, and they huge. all paid big, and we were all really enjoying our lives. <laughs> yeah, it of was, course. It was just this major thing that that um, that was, you know, amazing for for a very short period of time, and then the recession hit in '92, and then we all lost everything. You know, that was. Or was it 93, 94? When was the recession? Anyway, when the recession hit, it was like we were all doing all these major industrials. And of course, the first thing that went mm-hmm. was, again, you know, with the pandemic as well, but back then was live entertainment. They just did away with it. And um, it was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to had been, I had kept Disney you know, in my back pocket and was still doing things for them, you know, on occasion. But, um, but, uh, uh, I was able to go back to Disney and do some choreography and, gotcha. uh, and, I'm... and by, I, I didn't add, but by the end, by the end of my Adidas career, I, w- within the second year, I was promoted to the choreographer, which was, oh. yeah. So I danced for two years and then, 88, 89, uh, I was a choreographer. So it must have been 894. Uh, I was a choreographer for three or four years after that. They had saw what I was doing for the team. The choreographer at the time um, was using me as an assistant, but not really mm-hmm. any assist. They were really having me do it. And, um, and the client actually saw it. And... They fired the choreographer and they offered me the job the same day, which, again, lucky, 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 how mm-hmm. lucky I um, uh, and was the choreographer and started getting all these other choreography gigs through that. Adidas was a pretty big deal. So, mm-hmm. you know, Joyco started calling me to choreograph their shows and Red King started calling me to choreograph their shows. I choreographed for Flexitard at the time. I mean, I was really, really, really busy now as a, again, just being the right place at the right time. Yeah. And and getting to do like uh, this uh, thrown to the upper echelons of choreography in, in the LA dance world and had barely even been a part of the LA dance world, which was like, this really, it was all very, very fast. And then I said, and then the recession hit and it was all over with. And I, then I went back to Disney. Um, and I also, I actually went back to um, performing at that point. Um, oh. Because a lot of the choreography uh, jobs had ended and uh, Disney was in search of the live um, singing Aladdin at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was doing some choreography for uh, a show called Symphonic Fantasy that that performed at the Hollywood Bowl and the Met. And one of the choreographers on the job was actually the show director. And and through through this whole through my whole career, I've always been the singer dancer. I'd never just been the dancer. It's like if you need the guy who can kick high and hit the high note at the end, you hire me. You know. Yes. So that's that's always been my job. Um, but uh, but I went. They 
you know, he went up to me and said, look, we've seen hundreds of guys for Aladdin. Um, will you just come in and put on the wig and sing the song for all of us? And, you know, they're like family to me, you know, so it, it was mm -hmm. John, who was the director at the time and, and Patty Colombo, who was the oh. choreographer. And it was the first time I was meeting Miss Patty Colombo. And, um, they put the wig on me and said, we're shocked. We didn't think you would look right in this thing, but you kind of do. Will you sing the song for us? And I'm like, I sang the song. And then Patty put me through um, the paces. Mm -hmm. And it was love at first step, as we like to say. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, literally, it was love at first step. Uh, I mean, we just kind of globbed onto each other. So uh, when did you... What year was that that you met that you met Patty? Ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ninety four. Um, yeah, and uh, I ended up getting the gig, and uh, I ended up getting the full time Aladdin position. They hired like seventeen Aladdins that <gasps> that that summer. It's like they wanted to make sure the show never went down. So I I was the full time night uh, Aladdin. Chris Castillo was the full-time day Aladdin. Oh, and nice. Kurt Skinner was the, he did both of our days off. So he was the four day. And, um, and then there was, there was, we had an Aladdin cover that had to sit there and wait for us to die, which I did one time <laughs> Good that we had. Um, yeah, we had an understood. They never wanted the show to go down because it was a show you had to pay to get in and see. Uh -huh. um, it was a dinner show uh, right next to the Jungle Cruise called Aladdin's Oasis. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were charging like, you know, it was like 40 bucks a head to see the show and have dinner. And the show could never go down. So there were, there were literally like 17 of us on a roster that they graded, you know, down the line. And um, so I ended up doing that show. Um, Patty, and then Patty created the show on me. So that was... Oh our first working relationship together. It was like the bouncing out the ideas with, with Miss Colombo and, and, and me getting to create the part kind of on myself with Patty was, was this great combination mm -hmm. that we just loved and fell in love with each other. Um, yeah. And that was the beginning of the, the Patty and John show for the next 20 years. <laughs> the Patty and John show. What a good, what an amazing show. Um, but you, you said you were choreographing still. So you, did you continue choreographing or did you specifically just stay in Aladdin and then start working with Patty from there? No, I, 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 I at the time I still had my hand in everything. So mm -hmm. what's great about having 17 Aladdins is that you can request days off and have, and go and do other things. I was working with Tam Warner at the time as well and assisting her on projects. So as I would get, you know, I, look, Disney was my, I hate to say it because so many people just loved that job, but for really, for me, I loved the job, of course, and I loved mm -hmm. all Aladdin experience, but for me, it was my waiter job. Mm. Um, it, it kept me employed and, and working on the downtimes that I was not choreographing and or assisting or doing things that were going to further my career. Uh, of, of course, I'd been performing my whole life and, you know, and loved it, did much, a lot of theater and got to play a lot of fun roles. 
Um, but I knew where I knew where my future was. So mm-hmm. singing was was the way I'd make money. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would not t- turn down any choreography job uh, during that time as well. So uh, and so after we, uh, I just did Aladdin with Patty, I think the first thing we did together was Wizard of Oz. Oh. Um, where we co-choreographed together because Patty uh, was only going to be, be able to be there half the time. So she uh, said, why don't we just do it together and we will be, you know, um, it'll be co-choreographer, it won't be associate or or anything like that. And I said, great, I'd love to. It was with Kathy Rigby down at La Mirada. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of those experiences again where I was co-choreographer and in the show as a dancer. Mm. When, yeah, I was still, people still wanted that out of me. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, seen, like Kathy Rigby would literally go at the auditions, like, well, no one danced it better than you, John, so I need you to be in the show as well. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was kind of my life for like the late 80s, early 90s. It's like people wanted me to choreograph, but they also, wanted me to they just they were drawn to you know like disney was and other people during that time they were drawn to my energy that i brought on stage so um so that was still my life for a while still performing still choreographing still assisting still doing doing my theater projects which you know um after aladdin i only did the night time Aladdin thing um, during the summer and then it went to days and it went down to one cast and I was the only Aladdin after that for the rest of the year and then into the next year so I had my evenings three so I would be doing Aladdin during the day doing a theater project at night because I was doing at least choreographing at least four musicals a year at that time as well wow I know. I was looking at my resume going, I guess I was doing this all at the same time. I just don't know how I was doing it. Yeah, that's so impressive. It's like you never, it's not, it's like you never had run out of time. No, no. And like, this is what's so weird during this pandemic right now. I have never had time off. Like, yeah like this, like, you know, um, I was always just, if it wasn't, uh, you know, a performing gig or performing or, or choreographing or, 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 you know, singing or whatever, I w- I was always doing something, you know, it was, you know, there were so many, it was great. It was a time in my life where I was just, I had just turned 30 ish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during when you're that that age, you're, you know, you're in the prime of everything, really, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, especially the dancing, um, you know, um, but I, I again, oh, I was always thinking forward. Gonna go, I, if I'm going to be a director, choreographer, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have to move forward. So yeah. um, I guess. So you, the next, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me the next step. No, well, the next big thing must have been uh, must have been Peter Pan. Because, oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, you know, I've gotten um, the, uh, Kathy Rigby and her and her husband Tom McCoy and 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 Patty Colombo and Glenn Cassell and part of the La Mirada family, mm-hmm. and and um, Patty just said, if I am going to do a show on Broadway, you're doing it with me, yes. and. And um, so there began the most unusual prep 
for a Broadway <laughs> show that ever taken place because I was still performing. I had went to New York and did West Side Story okay. for a summer, and and um, I came back. I remember, oh, no. We prepped it before I went and did West Side Story because we knew I was doing it. But Patty was also playing Charity and Sweet Charity at, at, in Santa Barbara. So we were working around our performing and our other schedules. And like, I would we would I would go to Santa Barbara for the weekend and Patty and I would choreograph in the lobby of the theater in Santa Barbara where Patty was performing at in between matinee, in between the matinee and the evening performance. I mean, literally, that's how weird we were. Patty and I had this weird energy that we could dance and like, we have our prep, our prep videos for, <laughs> and, and thank God that we have them because, you know, I, I don't have any of my early work. This is before documentation and all that, but we would prep Peter Pan everywhere like in her dressing room on the staircase of the the the, the lobby of the theater <laughs> there it would be like in her living room at madeline clark at, at screenland studio i mean we are tv our prep videos are ridiculous in in my garage at one point i mean we were just and we were figuring out agawag which if anyone knows anything about peter pan the agawag that's now present that people do are, is not the original Uggawag. Uggawag was this little, very not politically correct song that was kind mm -hmm. of the, a song and, and the short dance. And it was the big dance of, of the show, but Patty really felt um, you know, confident that we could turn this into a rhythm. And Patty's an excellent tapper, so rhythms mm -hmm. are all a part of her. And um, you know, we turned this into like this eight minute drumming extravaganza that now I see, you know, I see on YouTube all the time people using the work, you know, to this day. Mm -hmm. um, it's so funny that I had uh, an assistant for step one who said, you know what, we learned Agawag as our college, you know, as one of our college things. I was like, show it to me. I'm like, yep, you sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah. Peter Pan, Peter Pan is such a, a monumental musical and it's so it's so fun to hear that nowadays people take you know go into the studio and they spend months and months and months on pre-production and trying to get choreography down and then out-of-town tryouts and just knowing that something of that caliber was done you know in, in the theater in the lobby or in a garage is is so awesome. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah we even went to an indian powwow like <gasps> in reservation like this con this uh um this conference where they brought all these Indian tribes together and did all these dances. Mm -hmm. Like Pat and I were like so in it, we're like, we're going. So we it was this outdoor festival that we just took in the culture. We took in we we bought some CDs and listened to some of the I mean we we went all there and that is probably I mean th that's gonna be something that lives forever um you know luckily we uh after it did its tour it toured for you know they toured that show forever mm -hmm. mm -hmm. stints on broadway um our first theater we were in we were in the marquee which i loved it in the marquee it was so 
that middle-sized theater it's so intimate and you can you could you you felt the show and then we we went on tour we came back the next year and we went to the Gershwin which we all know is a big barn mm -hmm. uh, uh, but we had two successful runs on Broadway. It ended up touring for at least five, six more years. I mean, Kathy just stopped doing our version of the show like four years ago. We're talking we did this in 89. Wow. No, not 89, 98. So sorry, 1998. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, a long time that show lived in it. And, and we ended up filming it for A&E which it yeah. was a television special, so, and we were nominated for an Emmy for it, the choreography, so that was a big deal, and yeah. you know, went to the Emmys and lost within the first 15 minutes, and so that was a very three hour, long three hour. Three hour, yeah. The rest of the three hours were very, very long when you lose in the first 15 minutes, but it's still awesome, and it's, it's, uh, it's a great memory and a great credit, and I'm super proud of our work on Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was great. Um, and I yeah. love I love those all those backstories. That's amazing. And you and um, you're so right. Patty is such a great person. I was able to work with her here and there occasionally. Uh -huh. And she is, really does have that knack for rhythm. It's um, yeah. it's it's awe inspiring. Yeah, what she does. Yeah. Her feet uh, will just I mean, anytime she'd ask me to assist on a tap thing, I'd be like, Patty, really? I'm just going to be hanging on with, you know, uh, within an inch yeah. of my life here, you know, because uh, her feet just fly and she, she doesn't do conventional, you know, rhythm. She's she's a real rhythmic tapper who likes to make up steps and make up rhythms and 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 combinations. It's it's really it's really wonderful to see. But I mean, but from then on, from there, uh, you know, from from eighty nine to like. God, how long was it the Patty and John show? I mean, and it, I mean, we worked together again last, last December. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we did a step one project together, so we're still doing it. I mean, she, Patty's essentially retired now, but um, I had a very long and, and beautiful career that teamed up with her. We ended up teaming up, you know, a lot with the Holland America stuff. And we did that for a good, you know, six years, she was really by my side. And then she kind of wanted to break off and do some of uh, some other stuff on her own, which, you know, God love her, you go and do your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and we when both did you... were... Yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. When did you actually start that Holland America journey with them? Okay, so <laughs> while I was doing Aladdin uh -huh. and working with Patty and doing this thing and doing, I was choreographing... Uh, Joyco at the time. This must have been in 83, 84. Yeah. So Joyco hung on. I got to do Joyco through the recession. So Joyco is a hair care product that I did their fashion shows for. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I got this call from, and it was, I guess it was 94. I got this call from, that was a big, big year. Uh, my assistant or not an assistant a friend of mine Karen Christenberry who said you know I work for this company called Production Central um, they're looking for a new choreographer director for a cruise line and it's like have you ever done a cruise line I'm like, no and I've never done a cruise line I've been on a cruise uh, mm -hmm. I did the I did the first trial cruise for the Disney cruise line um, they had bought out 
Norwegians, um, Norway, their ship, the Norway. And we had uh, Disney bought out the entire ship for the for the entire cruise, and they put all the Disney entertainment on, and it was an introduction to Disney Cruise Lines. So I did the kind of the trial for that. But anyway, I digress. Um, 94, uh, Karen Christenberry, she asked me if I would be interested in doing this because she was a dancer for me for Joyco. And uh, I said, sure, I'll meet with them. She goes, put together a reel. Now, back then, there were no... <laughs> There were no reels, you know, yeah. it's like you made a reel by putting two VCRs together and like picking your favorite spots, but there was no real, you know, it was like number, another yeah. number, kind of like flung it on a VHS and you kind of wrote your name on it and you sent it away. I mean, that was, that was my reel. Yes. And, and at that point, uh, I had, uh, I was the choreographer for the Splash Mountain, all the Splash marketing stuff and I was asked and I was also a dancer and I choreographed that with Carrie Keeney and um so I had all this great footage because you know Disney when they film it it's like so at least I had some great footage and so I put together some of the stuff I sent it over there uh to Production Central they sent all the tapes up to Seattle to a man called Bill Prince who was the new director of entertainment he had just got the job the year before and was not happy with, you know, the direction of the choreography and and just the direction of the shows at the time. And at that time, cruise ships were still using microphones with cords and flicking them around. And it was kind of very dancer. <laughs> and we wore a hat and we kind of shook it and we had a tambourine, but we were still singing with the cord and doing all those kind of things. And uh, he wanted to change that. And so uh they sent like seven tapes up there and he picked mine <laughs> my yes. made real he picked mine and so i get this call from production central saying you have a meeting on this day they didn't really tell me what it was for i went in there after a very sweaty rehearsal with joyco my hair was long at the time so i had a ponytail on the top of my head and i go in there and i'm and i'm meeting bill prince for the first time <laughs> And uh, and he will tell you the story. I took my ponytail out. I kind of like tried to get my hair to a point. Back. <laughs> I have a lot of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it, it, you know, if I sweat, it became huge. So all he can, he'll tell you to this day. All I remember is shaking hands with this man with the huge hair. Uh, and um, look, that was the start of it. Um, he offered me the new build of the Veen Dam um, and said, you have a month to do these three shows. Would you like to do it? And at the time, I'm like, God, that's an awful lot of material, but these people must know what they're doing, right? Four weeks to choreograph three mm -hmm. shows. Okay, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. God, that was the hard thing. I ever done in my life. Uh, at the time, we had rent, rented out Screenland, which is right there on Burnbank Boulevard in, in Burbank. Um, and um, literally, we rented out the big room. If everybody knows that big room in the back that has the little office in that's now painted orange. Mm -hmm. It was just there for step one audition. Um, but I literally lived there for the next month. They It was rented out morning, noon, and night. And I literally lost 
I think I was 165 pounds when we started the project. I was 147 when I finished it. I had walking pneumonia and I slept at the studio a couple of nights. I mean, I, there was no music to prep with. I was getting the music daily to have to choreograph three numbers the next day to finish. I mean, to be, me to be able to finish three shows, it was Las Vegas nights. Uh, this, uh, it, it could be magic or magic to do something like that. And then a bumper. I, 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 again, I had anything so hard and by myself. Karen would stay, Karen assisted me. She would stay her eight hours, but she'd be like, bye, John. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I would be there at the music all night, just choreographing and choreographing and choreographing. And like, whatever came out first was it. And uh, I finished the project, went to Italy, got to see the beautiful ship, got to learn what a ship was and all mm -hmm. of that. At the same time, I was learning tip tests and safety things, and it was just all thrown at me. So, it, again, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And as I was walking off the boat, after it was all a success, and, and Bill Prince says, so would you like to would you consider doing this again? And I said, Stick around next week to find out what John says. We'll also talk about all of his amazing directing and choreographing projects, including Step One Dance Company. We'll end the discussion about the pandemic, how it's affecting him and the whole dance community. I'll see you next week for part two of this amazing story. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.